good, loose, and yet serious enough environment yesterday up at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. I was up there covering practice and just just a healthy set of spirits, you know? Two guys, for me, really stood out in that capacity, and I think I know why. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Tonight, it'll be Penguins versus Red Wings. That's a 7.08 p.m. faceoff at PPG Paints Arena. I'll be up there covering that as well for DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I'm going to keep an eye more than anything else on how this team forechecks, secondarily how this team functions on the power play, and is thirdarily a word? Thirdarily, I just made it up. I will be just wrapped by the fact that Eric Carlson is a Pittsburgh Penguin. Not quite over that one just yet. Not expecting it to happen anytime soon either. But number one, number one is that forecheck. If I think of all the facets that were missing from last year's team, the one that jumps out, the one that screams out. And if you guys were listening to this show last season, you'll know what I'm talking about. Was the total non-impact of the bottom six forwards. That was principally because this general manager had no idea or no inclination to pick up players who fit with Mike Sullivan's system. Now, you can always rip the coach for not changing his system, except he's the one wearing the two rings to show that his system worked in 2016, 2017, and can very much continue to work today if he's got the right types of players. So here we are, a little bit more than halfway through camp in the preseason. We're a week away from the opener against Chicago. And there are two guys who've enjoyed as much success within this system to date as anyone. That's Drew O'Connor, who was built to forecheck, the human forecheck. You've probably heard me call him. He's heard me say that. And Lars Eller, his center. Now, why am I not bringing up a third guy? Well, the third guy keeps changing. That's why. It's been Matt Nieto. It's been Nolachari. It's been Vinny Henestroza. Uh, it might be somebody else entirely tonight, and it could be interchangeable throughout the season. But bear in mind that Sullivan and his staff have long believed in pairs more than they have in lines. They see Sid and Jake as a pair, and they'll do what they have to at the other wing. They're going to do that this year with Yevgeny Malkin and Riley Smith. And it's pretty clear already that the third line pairing is going to have O'Connor on the left side, Eller in the middle, and somebody fast, fearless, and fun over on the right side. It could be any of the guys that I mentioned because they've all they've all fit. There's more than that. There's enough to fill out a fourth line. There's enough to fill out a fifth if you really get right down to it and start looking at all the people that Kyle Dubas brought into this camp whether it was on PTOs, whether it was the waiver claim 
of Jansen Harkins from Winnipeg a couple days ago. Harkins was in camp yesterday. I had a chance to talk to him for a little bit. He fits. He's 6'2", he can fly, and he scores like crazy in the AHL. Now, I don't know what his major malfunction was with the Jets. I do know that the Jets are a little deeper than most people think, especially with talent of a younger bracket. But that was kind of a surprising waiver move there, and this is a player worth taking a flyer on. And if you don't take a flyer on him, you risk losing him. So maybe he's in that mix. It's it's really interesting. But more than anything, I, you know, I almost hate to give Dubas credit for doing something that's just so stinkingly obvious. Made that word up, too. When all that really happened beforehand was that, was that Hextall had no idea what he was doing. And and wasn't even trying particularly hard to do what he didn't know he was doing. And that's how things just completely crumble the way they did last season. Even though your core guys were productive, even though you got point-of-game showings from guys headed to the Hall of Fame, this was the part that went wrong. And I think... In stark contrast, this is the part that's going to go right. I've mentioned to you guys over the summer about what an intelligent, like hockey intelligent guy Eller is. And I've gotten to know more about him than most players on other teams over the years. Listen to the minute and change that he shares with me on this subject yesterday. When all I asked here, simply put, was, is this team equipped to be a fit for this Sullivan system? We should be. Uh, I think that's always been the Penguins' identity as long as, I, as, long as I've played them. Um, they are very good when they, you know, move the puck north, D to forward, like quickly after a turnover, after in the transition, and it catches the other teams a little bit on their heels, and you can create like an odd man rush. And for the puck, the guy who's getting the puck, the other two or three guys already know, so they're already going like towards that with speed and like, um, and that that's like playing fast when you know every the four other guys knows what's going to happen. Um, I think that's, that, that, is, that is one of the keys to our uh, us being successful this year and that's what we have to uh, that's what we have to get to. If we can do those things and then the skill the skill adds add the skill on top of that. Yeah. Uh, playing fast is like skating fast but it's also, also thinking fast and to be able to think fast you have to know you know, somewhat anticipate of what the other guys are doing out there. Uh, because, you know, one guy can be fast and work hard by himself, but it's not going to be successful if, if the other four guys are not in sync, you know? It shouldn't be. The true hockey fans, the passionate ones, the knowledgeable ones are really going to like this guy. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shots brought to you by Family Table. Mom-inspired, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door. No prep, no mess, just reheat. That gives you more time for your family or hobbies. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. 
Use the code DK40, that's DK40, for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon Thursday for Monday delivery. Family Table, bringing families back to the dinner table. Today's J1Q comes from Bubba, who says, A frustratingly glaring sight appeared again the other night with the preseason game in Halifax. Not the great pumpkin, but that god-awful power play. They have to restructure it. Every team in the NHL is going to be able to defend this umbrella in their sleep. What does Sully need to do to fix it? Bubba, coming with the great pumpkin reference this early in October, I can appreciate that. There's there's a, a stick tap from this direction your way, my friend. They don't need to fix a power play that's had a preseason game and change to get going. I did bring up the power play yesterday with Mike Sullivan, and somehow omitting all my intended great pumpkin references, what I asked plain and simple was how did they come up with the concept how much thought went into it and then from there what's the approach moving forward and he brought up on his own the need for patience the need for letting these guys figure stuff out he acknowledged same thing that you saw it's not perfect Uh, Guys, a lot of them are in different positions, places they haven't been in some cases ever. Okay, Latang's never been a left half wall guy on an umbrella power play. He's comfortable on the left side of the rink, but there's a difference between that and saying, you got to do this now with the first unit. And by the way, you're doing it with a bunch of other guys who've never done this before. That's going to take time, and that's going to take patience. And chances are really good it's going to take X amount of failure. It just is. No matter how spectacularly talented they are, no matter what it has on the back of their figurative hockey cards, they're going to take time. And I happen to be with him on this one. That doesn't mean that Sullivan and Todd Reardon nailed it with the umbrella thing. I like it. Theoretically, they very clearly like it, theoretically, but it still has to happen. And as I mentioned in the opening segment, this is one of the things to watch for tonight. In in a perfect world, the Red Wings take a whole bunch of penalties or the refs just get all whistle happy and whatever and make sure that everybody's got a ton of power plays to work on their special teams. Coaches love that. They couldn't care less how the game is called. They just want to see examples of everything that they're trying to study and perfect. There's only so much you can do that in practice. So if the Penguins are lucky tonight, they'll get about seven or eight of them as opposed to the six that they had in Halifax. Should be fun. Should be interesting. Don't don't be so grumpy over there, Bubba. What are you all grumpy about? Let's do it again tomorrow, everybody.